Hey y'all, what's up? It is Messy Truths. The Messy Truths podcast is back. We are episode 18. My 18. name is Juan. I am recording live and direct from Montreal. And I'm not I am Azar. <laughs> is that better, Nisha? And yes. I am recording from New York City, guys. And I'm sorry if you hear a toddler in the background because he's on one today. He's oh, on one. Shout out to Big K. Shout out to Big K. We love him. And this is Nisha from Kanekahage. Just chilling in this absurd weather in the city today. Absurd so ladies, weather. Absurd, absurd day. it is. Mother Nature's yeah. like, y'all just mess up the planet. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyone sure. who's in the East Coast and is enjoying plus 13 in December. This is a problem. This is a problem. Like, that's a problem. Guys, before we dive into this show, can we just point out how beautiful Miranda's hair looks today? I mean, I agree. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Looking hot, folks. Fly. Thank you. She's committed, but doesn't mean she doesn't need a look. (laughs) It takes a lot to look this broke. (laughs) I actually wanted to say. Uh, I want to give a massive rest in peace to author Bell Hooks, who passed mm. away on Wednesday. Yes. Mm-hmm. He just happened to be speaking about her recently, yeah? Yeah. Uh, her books, her words are right before their time. Like, I read her in my 20s and hadn't realized what kind of seeds that she was planting in my head mm. from young on the pathology of how Black women deal with each other and self-care. So... Thank you mm-hmm. so much, Miss Hooks. And I've always loved the fact that she spells her name in small letters. Uh, she never capitalized, and uh, yeah, dope. And and you know, the, it's a big, it's a big intellectual, political loss mm-hmm. for us. For us, uh, yeah. I definitely have to give her uh, mad props. I wanted to be, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'm thinking capsulated, but that's probably the wrong word. But <laughs> memor memorialized yeah. yes on air yeah rest in peace to bell hooks and peace. also yes. to leonard hubbard of the mm. roots what? rest in peace to him hub what? yeah yeah he, he's might be breaking well. news on the show Damn, I didn't yeah know. Uh-uh. very unfortunate very unfortunate um yeah. on a much brighter note i want to send a special shout out to the stevens and christian show uh great podcast like us, they do their show remotely. Mm-hmm. Montreal meets Miami nice. in their case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big shout out to them. I had the pleasure of appearing on an episode of theirs this past week. I'm not sure when it's going to air, but I believe they're going to be releasing that episode soon. And they review TV shows uh, and, you know, they're big TV film buffs and so forth. So mm-hmm. nice. uh, the the latest show that they had reviewed was uh, Scenes from a Marriage. I know I've to... watched it. Oh, I, uh, I, I watched it. I think I've watched right. this too. <laughs> Great show. Know. It was a really Great good show. show. Really good. So mm-hmm. I, I had the pleasure of joining these two guys on there and uh, it was great. Lots of fun, lots of crazy, wild takes, analysis of the show and how really messed up Mira and Jonathan were. Oh my God, I can't wait to listen because I can't even tell you how ambivalent I I was about their characters. Like I was all over the, I was all over the board. I loved and hated them at the same time. Yeah. That means I have to go watch. 
for sure. Definitely. You definitely need to watch that show. I, I said in the, in the uh, in the episode in Stevens and Christian show this week that uh, it was an emotional roller coaster watching that Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So uh, so if you get a chance, check out their show, Stevens and Christian. You can check it out on your favorite streaming platform. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy that. And let me just say also separately, one of these days we're going to do a show about the worst customer service experiences. Oh, oh I am ready. I am that ready. could be a two-parter. Yeah. Oh my God. No. I went through it today. I we got some I've, things to, oof. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So many things to say about that. So many things to say. But nevertheless, we're here. Messy truce is happening. The show almost didn't happen today, oh but it's thank God. Uh, we made well, it. Well, let's talk about that. So let's talk about that, uh, viewers. We love our show so much, and we want you to love our show so much that Oz texts us. We were supposed to be on a break, right? Christmas break for two weeks. That's right. And then Oz texts us and says, I think I'm going to withdraw, which actually connects with our theme today. Yes. So I said, yeah, I kind of miss the show too. You know, it's my opportunity to be a potty mouth, whatever. And I'm like, okay, because it's a busy week for me. I was wrapping up at work and trying to mark and all this stuff. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's do a Friday. And Mars like, yeah, I could do a Friday. So all that to say, viewers, is that our topic today is addictions. And one of our addictions is our motherfucking show. Yes. We are addicted to our <laughs> <Yes>. show. <laughs> Absolutely. There is a problem with this, though, because an addiction is treatable. But I'm not sure I want to be treated for this addiction. True. No, no, no. I don't want to be treated for this at all. And I got to tell you, I have the pleasure of editing these shows, and <laughs> I never get sick of listening to it. Even, you know, even the breakup episode, that was a pretty rough episode, a rough episode. to prepare for and oh, edit and listen to afterwards multiple times to make sure that I've caught all of like the names that should be bleeped out <laughs> and the background noises are eliminated. <laughs> but I never tire of listening to Messy Truths. And I'm the editor of the show. I'm the editor, you know? Well, so. recently we have a new listener, my husband, mm -hmm. who's, you know, known as Mr. Mr. Z, Z, which actually reminds me of Mr. Big on Sex and the City, which I really love like Chris North. So shout out to Chris North. And uh, he's listening and he, he he's like, y'all sound so happy on the show. Oh, we are happy. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think it's because we're together. And he's like, yeah, that you, you all sound so happy. And then he says, you have quite the potty mouth, babe. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know. But he thinks it's really <laughs> funny. And he listens and Oz thinks I'm funny. I don't think I'm funny. I think this is a confession session for me where I get to just say what I want to say and not be wrapped up in my layers of diplomo diplomacy or teacherness or whatever. So yeah, the pressure that's why off. I don't promote it to the teacher friends that I have. Well, you can let loose and be yourself and not be exactly. in professional mode. This right. is like hang time with the ladies. And, uh, you know, we keep getting the same comments from everybody that um, I know personally who've listened to the show, which is, Man, you girls sound like you're having the best time. We sound like we're we're sitting in on like a little, you know, the private conversation with y'all. And it's so much fun listening to you. You can tell you guys go way back. So, you know, oh, the, the, the words are encouraging. We really thoroughly appreciate it. I that. agree. 
I have to say, though, I have been watching the new Sex and the City chapter just like that. And I'm pissed off that they killed Mr. Big. That was my dude on the show. I mean, it's already out there. This was such a scandal. Did you read that Peloton didn't even know that that's what was happening? I'm sorry, Mar. I heard Peloton lost their mind. Apparently, like they're about to cancel him because of these allegations. Well, no, Mm -hmm. that's new, by the way. And I was going to mention that too, Misha. Did you hear? After you said you loved him. No, no, wait, pause, pause. I do, I do. I love Chris North, so I hope he ain't doing something nasty. Hold on, rewind, rewind, rewind. One second. We don't know Mars. So Mr. Big is into Peloton, and in the show, he does these rides on Peloton. But after his thousandth ride... Homeboy has a heart attack. But just for those of you who are Sex and City fans, he already had a previous heart condition. So it wasn't Peloton that kicked his ass. Yeah, so but they made this it is look Peloton- like Peloton killed him. And because I of think that, it was Allegra. And because of that, Peloton actually came up with a commercial about 48 hours after, including Mr. Big, just to be like, and Ryan Reynolds was doing the, the voiceover. The voiceover? And they basically were like, no, he's alive. You know, this is good for your heart. You know, basically try to clean it up. Up because apparently, yeah, but he had a. Although there's, this is deeper than this conversation because he had a, he had a, he had a heart condition on the show. Yeah, and also when you're doing placements and licensing and clearances for using products and brands on specific, um, sh- on, on anything, you have there's a legal kind of, you know, you have uh... to know what the 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 context is, and a, I don't know that this is, was for publicity or if Peloton really didn't know, but anyway, now fast forward. And that's what Mar is referring to. Apparently today or yesterday, there was some news that he has been involved in sexual harassment or sexual assault. Oh, and no. now Peloton dropped the commercial. And God knows who else is going to drop him because, you know, yeah. cancel culture. He used to play on Law and Order. Oh, oh no, yeah, I got to yeah, check that sure. out because I can't. I, I mean, I got love for him until you do yeah, this. no. There's two women who have come out accusing him of uh, sexual assault, and uh, he's countered with, no, this this, is like categorically false. uh, Everything was consensual. I mean, I guess you kind of got to just wait and let let things play out and see what happens. They said they were triggered by Sex and the City returning and seeing him on the screen because they there was the incidents were from like 2004 and like 2000, whatever. But anyway, point is. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot around. I'm going to yeah. check it out. I mean, I, I think everyone deserves their fairest shot, including the ladies. So much support to the ladies, much support to Chris Node. Hopefully, you know, there's her side, his side and truth in the middle. So I'm going to go with that. I think everybody deserves mm. to have their say. And I you. actually don't think it's correct to just automatically side with one person or another. Um, and a lot of people criticizing for that. They're like, but you're a woman and women lie. Men lie. People lie. <laughs> uh-huh. Emmett so, Till. Emmett Till. Exactly. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. But as a character, I didn't like it. I was like, yo, I like this dude on the show. Um, and they just killed him. And why didn't so she I, call nine one one? I mean, this is an episode on its own. Well, I, it's I a was, shock. I right? know she's in shock. No. Wait, hold up. So Sex in the City, this return, yeah. is not an actual movie. No, it it's is a, a show. limited TV series. Yeah. Like a show. It's called it's called And Just Like That. Like just like that. Ten years have passed. Yo, I these am chicks so are fifty five. Girl, you're really not missing much because it was I was cringing as I was watching the whole show. I was like, the writing wasn't good. The characters are like 
They just keep pushing that they're old. And it's just, they did some weird thing with like, you know, um, the whole like fragile white White fragility. fragility. It it was all (laughs) awkward and not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know why I watched the second episode. I really kind of should stop watching altogether. But anyway. But here, okay, so let's talk about why I watched it because it's going into addictions and how I will continue to watch it because (laughs) I'm a person who likes to see the development of the character. I'm one of those folks who get invested in the character for good, bad, and ugly. I want to know what happened. So every time a show ends, I'm that stupid person who wonders what they could be doing. That's me. (laughs) So I I really, I really get into like, even when I'm reading a book, I really get into it. And if it ends abruptly or something like Mm -hmm. girlfriends, right? So there was a season, a writer's strike during the last season of girlfriends. And I was pissed off because I'm like, could you not like finish the season now? Like, 20 years later or do something about this so I can find out what happens. So mm-hmm. I get invested and it, and it bothers me. But yeah. Oz, are you going to tell us what an addiction is? Sure. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward, <laughs> but it is a term that means compulsive. It's a compulsive physiological need for and use of a habit forming substance or in our case, maybe just things and, and, stuff that we like and you know just activities that we like or whatever but it's it's something Mm. that's habit forming and and it's a it's a real need by the the actual true definition a physiological need wow Mm, like you go into withdrawal you yeah because it changes probably changes your brain chemicals exactly so there's definitely some chemistry shift there so that that means on some level when doctors prescribe us pills, they're actually prescribing addictions on some weird level, because I'll tell you why. I'm hypothyretic. So what that means is that my thyroid gland is very slow. It chills. It's like a hair. It's clearly not a rabbit. It's a hair. It just chills. <laughs> but in order for it to work, I have to take this medication called Synthroid or Thyroxin in the UK. And the fact is that my thyroid can't function without it. So... You could say technically that my body is addicted to the pill to bring it to its normal function, which is why some kids at my school believe that medical marijuana at 16 is is perfectly fine Mm. for their anxiety, Mm. as I say that in air quotations, Um, because 16 marijuana anxiety. I don't know if that's a good trifecta. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we're seeing the effects of that today because there is an increase in the number of young people with schizophrenia, which has been induced by overuse of marijuana. Damn, so we, so we need you to be think careful. it's induced or was it already there? And then the marijuana was like, just popped it up. No, no, I, I think it's induced. I think it's induced. That's just my unprofessional on, un, you know, l- lack of a medical opinion. I'm just going to go out there and say, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it we are not induced by it. We are not professional. This was a topic that was driving me because I watch a show called my strangest addictions on TLC. Oh, and I haven't watched that. This is, I think I should. This is like, it's an old show, but I'm always fascinated by these things. I'm fascinated. It's by, mad okay, crazy. So really I'm mad fascinated crazy. by cults, all that stuff. Extreme boundaries and fringes. 
Eve, I remember seeing one episode of a woman who, well, I, I don't have these channels. Let me just tell you, I know you love reality TV, Nisha, I know. but I, I do not have these channels. I don't have like the stuff. I don't have the channels that air these types of shows or, you know, celebrity shows or anything like that, because I know myself, I would get <laughs> addicted to those shows and I would be watching them instead of actually spending the time taking the time out to read, you know, and, well, and so I wouldn't get anything done. And I can tell you that my brain would rot away if I had those channels <laughs> where I would be watching this stuff. But like I was saying, I saw one of those episodes and it was a woman who was addicted to eating foam. Was that? Was oh, that's that funny foam? shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was foam. yeah. 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 The bubbles. The bubble. Uh, no, 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 not the foam, but I mean like, like, like the stuffing, the stuffing in oh, in no, chairs and mattresses and you oh. know that, that sort of thing. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> that's a bit what? much there. Yeah, just a little. I mean, insane. to be honest, I don't have cable. I watch everything through my Fire Stick. So shout out to Amazon. Uh, but some of the strangest addiction shows that I've watched, the top ten was um drinking nail polish hmm. this person didn't and die. i actually know someone who had this addiction and burned their esophagus what? Uh, yeah and it was because they had something in their brain like affecting them well i was gonna say i feel like things like this are, are there's something deeper like your body is like in need of something or there's some kind of like disconnect as to you know yeah. what you're seeking right there was wow. one episode where the person was snorting baby powder, like cocaine. Hmm. <laughs> uh, there was one episode where the person was eating toilet paper, which I guess is not bad. I Katie mean, who hasn't had paper. a little paper in their life? <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't had a little paper in their life? He doesn't eat food, <laughs> but he eats toilet paper. I haven't eaten paper since I was a child. Oh, so disgusting. <laughs> wow. In love with a doll. This is an addiction. Uh, yeah. Eating drywall. Wow. Uh, whatever. I'm looking them up. But you wow. know, I mean, there, there, there's been some like I don't know. But those are strange ones. But there has been a serious impact since the pandemic on people who have addictions. There was actually reported at the very beginning of the pandemic in June 2020 that 13% of Americans reported starting or increasing substance abuse as a way of dealing with the emotions with or the stress pandemic. that came with COVID. Mm -hmm. Wow. So and to add to that, there was a girl who was addicted, addicted to eating sand because she liked the crunch. Wow. Oh, I've heard of this. I've yeah. heard of people yeah. addicted to sand. Um, there was wow. one who drank paint because it's a thicker version of warmer milk. Someone who liked to eat rubber tires, the cat lady who just had too many cats, someone who likes cat food. Oh, wow. Um, wow. The guy who eats glass, which is dangerous. Someone Ooh. who's addicted to the smell of gasoline, which I like the smell of gasoline, so I understand that. Um, <laughs> someone who eats plastic bags, someone who's oh, addicted God. to dirty diapers. You okay. have a problem. No, I'm going to throw up. These are some seriously strange addictions. Yeah. These are strange. Wow. Eating rocks. Someone who took a now the pillow one is not unfamiliar to me. I I actually have uh, students like that. 
Someone who's addicted. What, to, wait, wait, I'm confused. What, what, what pillows? What, what do they do? To the pillow, pillows? like having a pillow with them everywhere they go. That's a source uh, of comfort. And honestly, like if you watch Charlie Brown and Linus and his blanket, yeah, they were promoting that addiction everywhere. from time. So, Is that a, an addiction, though, or is that just like an unhealthy attachment? Is that an addiction? Well, if you can't live without it, then it's an addiction, right? It produces psychological things right. in your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Guys, can I tell so, you what my biggest addiction is? Off the bat? Oh, off we're going to go rip? right to the deep end. This is a safe space. I, I hope so. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I, yeah, really. Um, I, I've been addicted for the really longest time to dick. I'm just kidding. I was not going there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. No, I was. You don't have to kid. No, no, but I really not. That's a good addiction. No, but no, oh my no, God, no. Don't, open that, don't open that door. Don't go there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I am not the true freak I among us. I know. We know. I get it. I'm not. I'm not the one. Listen, I was just joking. It just felt like it just rolled off my tongue. But no, I have been addicted to chocolate since. I can mm -hmm. remember. And I mean, I know you guys know this about me. Like, I feel like when you think of a czar, you think of chocolate. I, I don't know if you do, but people who've known me for long enough can associate me with chocolate. Like, I cannot live without chocolate. chocolate. Well, it's I'm addiction. not surprised. Because, you know, when I like ice cream, right? It doesn't like me, but I like it. Mm -hmm. And ice cream actually produces certain pheromones in your brain that makes you want to eat it more. Oh. It's very like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So chocolate might give you the same sort of chemical brain high. I'm looking it up right now as and, you speak. Yeah. So actually, I, I try to, um, speaking, going straight for the personal now with addictions, I actually am very conscious of addictions because I have a family that has a lot of drug addictions in them. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I was exposed quite early to what happens um, when something is out of control. And, and, and it's kind of weird to say. So I, my grandmother had nine children. She'd probably be pissed off if she heard the podcast, but she's 91. She won't hear Bless her. <laughs> you're not, not going to send her the um, link anytime soon. No, we're not going to send her the link. She'd be like, sweetie, how do I press this? What's going on? Um, she had nine children. And unfortunately six of them had an addiction at one point in their life. Oh my goodness. You know? And it is genetic. Uh, my, it is. Yeah. And my aunt actually succumbed to my uncle and my aunt succumbed to their addiction mm -hmm. uh, on a bad mm -hmm. hit. So I, I, it's funny when, you know, um, people ask me like, oh, you know, how was it growing up with, you know, people who were addicted to cocaine or coke or whatever in her life i actually tell them it was the best education that i could get as a kid mm -hmm. number one no matter my, my yeah and this is the funny thing about education so let me just walk you through this my parents my grandmother they're not super educated phd bloody bloody blah my parents or my family are educated on how to treat people like humans because my grandmother and my mother, no matter how high my aunt was or my uncle was, they were always like a human first. They never saw the addiction. They always saw the humanity in them. So they always came for dinners like Thanksgiving and Christmas. We were always together. It's really interesting. So on some level, some of them were even functional addicts. 
But I remember at times that my uncle or my aunt would stay away uh, because maybe they were too messed up at that time, but they would always check in with my mother, always check in with my grandmother. And I always found it interesting that my mother always saw people first, addiction second. And that's not something you learn at school, right? That's something I think is built into our family circle. But for my brothers and I and my sisters and I, I think that was the best drug education we ever got because I remember my mom like saying, okay, you know, you got to put your things away because folks are coming in. And she would never say this person is coming. She would say people are coming to the house. It's time to put your stuff away. Uh, You know, she would point out to us, you know, um, she also knew the root of my uncle and aunt's addiction, like why they got there. Hmm. And so it was very interesting to me. I work very hard and I don't dabble. I'm not curious. I don't play with Coke, mushrooms. I don't do all that because I don't know what the threshold is for me. And I'm not willing to find out. Right. So I had the best education uh, in terms of drugs. But I did find out later in life that addictions can extend themselves beyond drugs. Right. I always put addiction with drugs and alcohol and so forth. And then I met students who drink coffee every day. And I thought, this is a problem. This is a problem. That's a lot of caffeine. Mm -hmm. Right. And your body goes through withdrawals if it doesn't get its caffeine fix. I don't like caffeine. It it hurts my stomach. But um, addiction is not like limited to just drugs or alcohol, right? It's essentially like you're saying, Oz, it's something that psychologically your brain can't function without. Mm -hmm. And that means it opens up a whole new world of addictions, a whole new world. I want to just point out one thing. Sorry. I just want to say mm-hmm. kudos to your mom because having dealt yeah. with an addict or multiple addicts in my life too, not necessarily in my family, but you know, it's really hard to show empathy when somebody's in mm. that state. It just is, especially if, mm-hmm. you know, if because the event, you know, essentially an addict's behavior really impacts the people around them, right? Yeah as much if not more than it impacts themselves, right? Because they might be in a state of like, uh, you know, they're not aware or whatever, but it really does hurt the people around them. So I think it's super big of your mom to have to have modeled that behavior for you because I think one of the biggest, it's actually probably the easiest reaction, but the, the worst reaction that we can have towards an addict is the lack of compassion and the lack of empathy. Yeah. Um, where you do see the addiction before you see the human, right? Because it's dehuman, it's dehumanizing um, these yeah. addictions, right? It makes a person behave out of character. It it can be mm-hmm. very ugly, you know. And yeah, they can turn abusive towards sh- you, yeah. the person who sure. they're coming to for help and who right. is they're looking to for some compassion. It's exactly. hard to have that also ongoing compassion. When the person is uh, is degrading you and abusing you because yeah. you won't enable them any longer, you know? Yeah, it's definitely hard. And I think a lot of addiction stems from, you know, mental health, you know, like it yeah. it yeah. comes from, from, from a very fragile place, from trauma. Um, and I just wanted to stop and say, you know big ups to the warden for for modeling that behavior and yeah. for really like that's that's definitely you know angelic if you will 
Yeah, she's like my mom is like my mom. My aunt had seven children. My mom adopted two and kept the rest of them in contact with each other, right? So she definitely has modeled. But the other thing is, I think you need that supportive network in order to help the person who is addicted to overcome. Because I should have finished the story by saying that most of my the the six of them, you know, four of them have are recovered, like recovering mm-hmm. addicts, right? And one of them he'll be my uncle. I'm super proud of him. Like he has been clean for over 15 years. Like this was a dude who hide from me. He would hide from me on the Metro. Like I would come on the Metro and see him and he'd be high sleeping on the Metro. And I'd be like, cause you know, that's my family. You have to say hello. Otherwise he's going to tell my mom and I'm going to go to beating. So I would be like, hi. And and he would hide himself because he didn't want me or my friends to see him in that Mm. state. Right. And Mm. now that, that same uncle is, you know, raising his children and raising his boys and, you know, really doing like I'm always super proud of him because I know how easy it is to slip back Mm -hmm, I know like you always got that taste in your mouth for you know for coke especially coke you know and I asked them about it you always get that taste for that high you're always chasing that kind of high so you know it it says I think a lot of it has to do with the fact we are a close family Mm -hmm. and we always have each other's back in in one way or another but Addiction is more than just coke and cocaine and and drugs and stuff, right? There's other addictions. I I think about, like, I think I might be addicted to exercise. This is my my addiction. I feel you. And, you know, there's there's a lot of, so going back to that, there's a lot of shame that you mentioned that your uncle displayed around the addiction. And there's a lot of, I think when you just mentioned exercise, it brought up something for me. One of the reasons why I was addicted, and I think I still am, I just don't have the time to do it the way that I want to, was addicted to exercise, was the guilt that I felt if I didn't do it. So there's there's like, right? And and there is like that, um, it's like a, a reward or like a negative um, yeah. you know, consequence that is attached to an addiction, right? Like, so mm-hmm. yeah. if I yeah. don't work out, I feel like shit. And therefore it propels this need to continuously work out because I just don't want to feel like crap about yeah. myself. And I had yeah. that this morning. So I woke up and I have a pro. Okay. So I have an addiction that will make you all laugh. I'm addicted to playing Sims. Oh my God. Shit. I love this game. So I picked it up in the pandemic. I've always liked games like video games. I played legend of Zelda and all that shit, but in the pandemic, I picked up three games. Okay. Pocket styler, like dressing the models. <laughs> I picked that? up. I don't even know these Pocket styler. Yo, you, you put some outfits and you put your swag. The Sims? You remember the Sims? The oh, Sims is world. my other one. Sims is my other world one. Where you like can buy a house and you yeah. create yeah. an entire. Oh, I have a whole. What are you talking about? I have a whole city. No, whole family, then, marry in the um, virtual world. No, then my yeah. other one is the interior decorator app. So these are the things that I play. And I mean, I can get lost in sim world for hours. Mm. So this addiction, like it, it, um, it contradicts, there's two addictions that are fighting my need to exercise and my need to see what the sims are doing. So I have to tell you what the sims, like the sims have their whole life going, right? First of all, all the people in my sims are racialized folks. Of course. (laughs) They're always it's your world. You get to create create it the way you want. Yeah. They have African, Persian, Farsi, like Chinese. 
they're all racialized, okay? Mm -hmm. There's LGBTQIA sims going on, all kinds of things going on. But it is a big classes because they're all rich. All right, I make sure my my Sims are like Sims are taken care swag. of. Not not <laughs> below the poverty level. Oh my god, they all live in not big below houses. the poverty line. They all go to private school. Bro, ideal like the world. Sims are, <laughs> That's what Sims are chilling. They all have cars, you know, like all, and they all have good jobs, whatever, because you can only be eight things, anyways. But oh I have a lot god. of bank. I got like 10 million SIM coins going on. And I wake up and I see what they're doing and I send them to work. So it is a real addiction because like Mr. Z will come home and be like, babe, I've been out all day. You've had hours to play the game. So can you? But I found that it relaxes my mind. It actually brings my blood pressure down. I'm just in. It's almost like a meditative state. So my point is, I woke up today at 6.15. I had pre-op at 8. So my job, I was going to get up. It'll take me about 15 minutes to get up. I'm going to work out, shower, go to the hospital. <sighs> Today, I made the choice to play Sims first. And before I know it, it was 6.45. And I was like, it's okay. I can still get a workout in. I can still shower. I can still get to the hospital for eight. Yeah. It didn't happen. So I was mad because I couldn't work out. Like I have a routine. I couldn't work out. I had to do a 10 minute workout, go shower. And all I could think about was Sims and exercise. That was it at the pre-op. That's all. And I brought the Sims game with me so I could pass the time and my computer and all the other stuff. And when I came home, I had a killer workout. Like it was today was strengthening. So I was happy. So you got oh, yeah. in. There you go. Oh, no, I don't break. So I'm already stressed out that I can't work out after surgery, right? I've been thinking about other ways that I'm going to close my rings. By the way, Apple, you fucking with my life because now you got me addicted to closing my fucking rings. And there goes Every another addiction. Day. There goes my other Mar, addiction, right? you've been hella quiet, Mar. I yeah, mean, I know you've got secret addictions, we, Mar. We need to hear. I, to be very honest, I... So... It's kind of weird, and I'm not really sure what the term would be for it. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm addicted to food. Okay. Um, oh, I second that. I'm with you. Just with food you. in general. I, a perfect example of this is uh, today I got my hair done. Shout out to More Hair Montreal mm -hmm. again. And you look lovely, um, as usual. Thank you. You do. And my, my concern coming home was not the fact that I had a delivery that was expected. Um, I was expecting oh, to get a, a fridge delivered. That wasn't really my biggest concern. My biggest concern when I left uh, my, my hairdresser's home was what am I going to eat? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about the Korean food that was left over in my fridge Um whether I had lettuce to put some of the meat in because there's like a, a specific type of like uh, bulgogi meat that you can put inside oh, so the lettuce good. wraps. You make lettuce wraps out of it or you can have it with rice. So yeah, I had some leftovers in the fridge and that was my first thought was, what am I going to eat when I get home? Oh, there's still some of that leftover. And this is just really how my life goes every day. I wake up thinking about what am I going to eat? for breakfast? What am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to have for a snack? What am I going to have for dinner? And I think... <laughs> no, I totally call, feel her. I you feel can call her. me a foodie. You can call me a foodie. And that is definitely what I am. Mm. 
Um, but I think it's more than that. I think I got on this whole like meal fascination because of my weight loss Mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it started. It was, I already loved food before, but the degree to which I think about it every single hour of every single day, it's different. It's very different today. And I think it was really because of my weight loss journey. All I kept thinking about during my weight loss journey was, okay, Mm. how many calories around, how many calories would this be? I was using the MyFitnessPal app where I would log my food Mm -hmm. every single day. It's like a food diary and it counts the calories and it it looks at what, how it factors into the macros uh, in your day. Um, what percentage is fat, what percentage is protein, what percentage is carbs. And so this is an ongoing thing that I'm struggling with. And I wish that I could let it go. Mm -hmm. I have tried. I certainly did that during the pandemic. But what happened during the pandemic was it switched from being a micromanager over my meals to let me just eat everything I can get my hands on. (laughs) Bacon, banana bread almost every single week, making homemade cookies, making soups, making all kinds of things. And portion control, all of that went out the window. window. I think all of us, I think a lot of us turned to food for comfort during the pandemic. But I completely get you, Mar, because I have a pro membership to my fitness pal. I pay for that shit. (laughs) Because I want my macro percentages to not be rounded up to fives. I mean, like the shit is real. And I think that it is an obsession and I find it very consuming because I am the same exact way. I cannot stop thinking of food. Like I, and the worst part is I reward myself with food, which is terrible, by Mm -hmm. the way. It's a horrible relationship to food. And I did that to my children. Well, I did it to... Yeah, I did that. I did. I mean, like, it was a mistake that I made very early on. And and when I started realizing that I have a bad relationship with food and Miles has a horrible relationship with food, but like, I would encourage the kids to like, oh, get like, especially during the pandemic. All right, if you finish this work, then we'll have snack time. If you finish your next period, then it's going to be lunchtime. Like I've been, and I didn't Mm -hmm. realize, you know, how bad that actually was because like Mm. using food as a reward is probably not a good idea. (laughs) So, you know, actually, you know, it's funny that you both bring up food because it's actually a form of an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And, And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because when I was much heavier, uh, I started to go see a, a nutritionist psychologist to help me heal my relationship with food. This was the issue, right? Food was my nemesis and everything I ate, food did something naughty to me. Like it made me fatter and like whatever. So I was really frustrated. And she recommended this book that I'm going to go get in a second uh, called Love, God and Food. And like how it works and how food fulfills our needs and how we're bored and, and whatever. But she said something to me really interesting. She said, well, specifically for me, she's like, you know, you have a form of anorexia. And I was like, yo, anorexia is for those skinny chicks, yo, who are like looking at their bones. <laughs> She's like, actually, no, it's not. It's a psychological disorder. 
of how we see ourselves. And, and a part of that is dysmorphia. Like you see yourself bigger than you really are. But a lot of that is, is, is food addictions is wrapped up into eating disorders. And mm. I think there's a hell a lot of us that have eating disorders, but because we push a certain type of eating disorder, like bulimia, which bulimia can be for any size, by the way, because it's just literally vomiting your food after you eat, mm -hmm. or anorexia, we associate it with people who are thin bodied. But in actuality, all of us can be suffering from eating disorders, because it has to do with an unhealthy relationship and addiction to food. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I actually have a form of dysmorphia and I'm very controlled about my food, extremely controlled. That's probably an addiction and an obsession and bordering on unhealthy. Like my doctor has said to me, do not go on the scale more than once a week because I, I borderline oh. will look at it oh, and, so oh, and your scale <laughs> and your no, you can't do it because oh, your body, I do it. Oh, no, oh, I'm better. Your body now. changes weight all the time. Your body changes weight at night. Your body, the best time to weigh yourself is in the morning when your body's de dehydrated the most, it gives you the closest weight. So I had to repair my relationship with food. I also had to find out what foods make my body help, ha healthy and happy. There's certain foods that make your cell dance. It depends on, that's where the science is right, Oz. Like you're a, car, you're a protein eater or you're a carb eater. That mm -hmm. stuff is actually scientifically true. But all of the things that we're talking about is one big clusterfuck of eating disorder. And it's not us three. It's a fucking worldwide addiction. Millions of people. Yeah. Millions of us haven't, like, that's probably the most undiagnosed addiction disorder mm -hmm. that people have across the globe is food i believe it right S food scarcity food surplus the portions whether it's mm -hmm. canada or the us this is why countries like japan and i can kick it the portions are small i feel like i understand the psychology now of food but of course, you both know that my number one food addiction is fucking Weetabix. I was going to we say. Like, Weetabix with dark Weetabix. chocolate. I've been with having... dark chocolate and oat milk, which is why I have yeah. to go to Costco's after the show because right. I'm running out of oat milk. Yeah, but I'm with you. The reason why Weetabix is the ultimate food is because of the calories or the lack of calories. It's the food that gives me the most satisfaction. I feel happy when I eat it. It's it's the true addiction of my life in food because mm. yeah. it has low carbs. I love the dark chocolate, which is oxy audience. I have a whole vision around Weetabix, mm -hmm. but essentially it's the food that makes my stomach happy the most. And I don't feel guilty for eating it because it's so yummy. So I'm like, well, this is great. Recently, I ran out of Weetabix. It wasn't pretty. I was really pissed off. I saw your And I had to. Oh, you saw my IG? Mm -hmm. I posted my 10 books restock of my Weetabix. You were yeah. stocked up from that yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's only about a two month supply, though. Yeah. But you see, this, yeah, is, my... this is the thing. You just... I'm going to go get the book while you're talking. About okay. Us. I mean, you, you just mentioned that. What did she say that she gets? It makes her happy when she eats something. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it's it's that right it's like finding that emotional um like Connection. fulfillment from food yeah. you know and the then the endorphins and the, the endorphins there and is I, a chemical 
aspect to it. But yeah, and actually I looked up Chocoholics and there's like tryptophan and something else attached to it. So it's a real thing. (laughs) But, you know, it's also cultural when you think about it. Like where our cultures, I mean, I definitely know my culture is OD food heavy. Like, you know, you... Food is attached to everything. Food is attached to... It's how you share. It's how you yeah. show love, my man. Like, you yeah, know... Pass down stories. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, spending time with family, quality time. Exactly. It's, Absolutely. You know, there's romantic associations so with much, food. So much. And oh. so and, that... and they push it all the time, right? Come dine with me. Come cook with me. Bake this. Nail this. So one of, this, it's one of them. It's a two-part book. It's called When Food is Love. Mm-hmm. And it's, yo, it's an old school book. It's called Exploring the Relationship Between Eating and Intimacy. It's by Genith Ross. Mm-hmm. And it's an old school book, folks. So those of you who be like, me should be recommending these fucking old ass books. Yeah, it no, is. No, that woman looks like she's from the 1980s. Like 1983. Yeah, no, okay, 1991. Stop. Uh, well, she <laughs> does look like she's from the 1980s. Though. There's a follow-up one called um, God, Love, and Food. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, this food... not this food this book helped me like it it felt like food was like a like it it was an enemy but I had to eat it Mm. and so Mm. you know to keep your body going so I it really helped me understand um that food is is neutral it's meant to nourish you it comes in different forms Mm -hmm. there's different ways but you're so right right culturally food is probably the biggest addiction besides big pharma but you mentioned being food being neutral and this is a great point that i was trying to get to actually you had said you felt you don't feel guilty when you eat weedabix this is where i was going to go with it see that guilt or anything that you feel around food is where everything kind of goes south and spirals right and there's this concept of intuitive eating i don't know if you guys have looked into this or have heard about it but basically intuitive eating takes away healthy and unhealthy from food like you just said food is neutral right like there it it takes away the stigma and the attachment of what's good for you and what's bad for you and it says that you need to listen to your body and you need to be in tune with what satiates you as opposed to you know what drives you or what you can become really like obsessed about but like if you want a bag of chips if your body is feeling that it needs sodium then by all means pop open a bag of chips not a family size bag of chips like maybe just a tiny (laughs) take a few a few bites or a few chips and that's it you fulfilled your craving now you're done right like you have to listen to your body and understand that you know what becomes overeating what becomes more than necessary than to than to just give your body what it needs and i think this as a concept is really cool because you know we we do this a lot with our kids too like you have to eat healthy like you know eat your vegetables and eat this and eat that but ultimately like you're you're creating such a negative relationship with food when you do things like that that like exactly you know that we and this is what how we were raised and there's a lot of science that shows that that's not the way to go you know like for you to Mm -hmm. associate good and bad with food food is nutrition you know like food is meant to nourish your body and granted there's a lot of processed food that is has a lot of like unnatural shit in it that we can all agree that that's not great for you but ultimately you know food is supposed to do just that it's supposed to fuel you 
Yeah. Um, I think that brings up two points for me, because one, when you start to categorize food as healthy and unhealthy, you actually um, contribute to inequitable food access. Right. Because people who are poor or don't have a social bracket income can't afford foods that are meant to be healthier, mm-hmm. right? Which, which is another issue altogether. But I remember going when I was, you know, losing weight, I remember going to classes and learning about your body and food. And one of the things that bothered me, again, this is a classist issue because it's about accessibility. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I have to ask, one of the things I have to ask myself is us as a group, as a worldwide group, we need to ask ourselves why are people or who is allowing this addiction to continue and who's it benefiting? Mm. Because we can agree that food or what it, it's cultural exchange, but you know, you're not eating that every day. It's cultural exchange. It's where you hear the stories. It There's the history in the food. I mean, Mar and I watched um, High on the Hog, which when I heard the name, I was like, I'm watching no shit about pigs. <laughs> Oh, right? wait, no, I, don't, I haven't watched that. Oh, movie. you haven't watched High in the Hog? High no, in no, the Hog is yet. a Netflix series that I recommend people watch because it tells the history of our people in the food. Mm. And I really enjoyed that. Like like yams, for example, are West African. They're not candied yams that you catch in the States. Craft dinner, macaroni and cheese, all of that is like has West African roots. So it's very, very cool. But again, I have to ask myself, who wants us to stay addictive? And when you're addicted to something, you're always missing something else, mm. right? Because you're always focused on catching that high of the food. But when I started to learn, like, okay, you need to see a natural path. But who has access to a natural path? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that Western medicine doesn't always mean holistic medicine. Mm-hmm. And that's another issue. So I went to the doctors today for pre-op. I drink ginger, turmeric, and lemon every day without fail. My doctor looked at me in my face and said, I need you to stop drinking that before surgery because we don't know the properties of ginger and turmeric and how it relates to blood clotting. And I left there disappointed disappointed. because I thought at this day and age, I'm a person who's hypothyroidic. I cannot take things. If I catch a cold, I can't take things over the counter. I got to do the natural way of keeping myself healthy. And the fact that you don't know how the two interact, like the Western medicine that you want to give me and the natural things that Mother Earth wants to give me is disappointing. But these are basic things that we that we use and is pushed in, in exactly in the in the whole um, natural, whatever, holistic way of, of healing. And how but do they you don't not talk. know? Like, would you? It's really they don't strange talk. that that would be looked upon as a possible like trigger for bad negative things to occur right. with your surgery because, I mean, ginger and tumor, anti-inflammatory. Tumor, I was going to say. Anti-inflammatory. As is but cinnamon. she told me, I she mean, said, you can't drink it. So, well, cinnamon actually lowers your blood pressure, right? So, and diabetes for those who have diabetes. And this is stuff that we learned from our grandmothers and and stuff like that. But she couldn't tell me if it was a blood clotting helper or, or not a blood clot helper. And so when you're going in surgery, you need to make sure that your blood, you know, it doesn't clot. We don't want this. But I was just disappointed because I said to her, like, this is my thing. So I'm that person who grinds up the gingers and the lemons and it's a whole paste and I boil it. It's a whole process and I drink it. And I was like, oh, 
you don't want me to drink this for five days? I felt like she had taken away my, my cake, right? Mm, like yeah. my immune cake. But all that to say, we need to ask ourselves, viewers, who the fuck wants us to stay addicted to food? And mm. if we're addicted and we've got our face in a pie, what are folks doing behind our back? Yeah. Because rich folks have been eating well for a long time. And they've been eating shit that keeps them healthy. I recently ordered something called Nuba. We can hashtag it on the show. It's an Egyptian company from Egyptian women who brought hibiscus flowers with them and turned it into a kombucha drink. Hibiscus has tremendous health benefits. But why do we not want other people to know this? Because they want us to keep us addicted. But also, so this is, that's my conspiracy theory. There, right I mean, besides, I mean, to, to expand on that, like, there's also the big. You talked about big pharma and healthcare system that rely mm -hmm. on you being sick, and you know, illness can absolutely be derived from. Mostly is derived from malnutrition and not yeah. eating properly, not eating in a way that is. Um, beneficial to your body, right? Like they talk about and like- Don't get me started on big pharma. They talk about <laughs> cancer fighting foods. You know, they they associate um, the delay of Alzheimer's or the slowing down of Alzheimer's with a keto diet. There's so much to show and there's evidence um, in research to show that, you know, eating and what you eat is directly related to to illness or 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 not or lack thereof. Food, food can heal your body. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's really responsible for the product that you have in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. And Agreed. I mean, we mentioned earlier about the, you know, the uh, difference between healthy and unhealthy food. I mean, in terms of my food addiction, I wouldn't say that it's a matter of it being unhealthy or healthy. It's just really about controlling the consumption of it in my body. And, you know, you mentioned, um, before Oz about satiating like the the desire for sodium in your body you know if there's a bag of chips or or something else lying around I do not I'm have done. the I don't have the ability to stop myself at mm. just like a few chips I will literally sit there and eat the entire okay. bag and that's one of the reasons why I don't have it here or yeah. I'll put it in uh, another part of, of my place. Mm -hmm. Out of so sight, out of mind. Out of reach, out of sight, right. out of mind. And I will not allow myself to have access to it until suddenly one day my brain remembers, oh, yeah, it. you put it in this exact place up in your loft. Right. And I'll go up there and get it and eat the rest of right. it, you know? <laughs> Agree. There's no, like, there's no stopping it, you know? Yeah. And That's I, how I, I feel about smart food pop. Yeah. And veggie stick chips. You know, it's yeah. interesting because I do not have this. I can absolutely have one cookie, one spoonful of Nutella, a piece of chocolate, and put it away. God bless you. However, I am an emotional eater. So, ah. you know, I it, it's, it's less about lack of control about how much of something I'm eating or needing the, to finish something versus like making myself feel better with food and that's problematic mm. right and also again yeah, rewarding yeah. myself with food or counting down the days to get to like eat like ridiculous amounts of food and it's i got yeah. that too these this is like this this is the addict and you're i'm so glad you brought up this addiction mar because it is so relatable 
for us three yeah. and for so many people that I know, like the relationship with food is all the yeah. way fucked up. And uh, yeah, it's really hard to, to kind of get a hold of. Yeah. Huge part of my life. It reminds me of a song by Luther called Drugs on Tap. And there's a line from the verse that says, um, soon we'll be all like, we won't have any NHS that, you know, man creates disease for addiction. Like the lyrics of that mm-hmm. song, like I listened to it on repeat because I I, I, well, I like grime and I like like, you know, UK mm-hmm. music. But when he's breaking it down, he's just like, we're the only species that will create situations to fuck each other up mm-hmm. and put each other on drugs. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. He ain't talking about coke and, and marijuana. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had to admit today that I take cannabis, there was a little bit of shame in my game. Mm-hmm. And I you said, mean yeah. admitting it to your to your mm-hmm. doctor to the pre-ops. Yeah. Okay. And because you know, I'm 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 a teacher, but I said, yeah, I take I take edibles. I have endometriosis. I don't like the pain because they said to me, you can take Tylenol. I said, I can, but. <laughs> why give up why give up an edible that were actually my I don't know what you call them, my kegel person who helps me with mm-hmm. my endometriosis said mm-hmm. an edible actually relaxes the whole body. Right. right? And it most sure folks does. don't know. Yeah. Most folks don't know that the uterus is actually a muscle. Mm-hmm. And so you have to treat your uterus pain like a muscle cramp because the uterus is a muscle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the problem with endometriosis is that it stiffens your muscle, like that your muscle is stiff. So you've got to give it ways to relax. It's a free floating muscle. Let that wrap around your mind Mm. viewers. It's a free floating muscle, your uterus. Those of you dudes, if you don't have a uterus, I'm sorry. Okay. This, this portion is not for you, but (laughs) But no, it is for them because they need to be educated for the women in their lives. Right. right? So it's still pretty important. And like, it's, it's crazy, but I do have some funny addictions. I I want to hear this out of our, Mm -hmm. um, well, Joe Scott. Uh, See, I was about to say, you just mentioned music. You don't need to tell us twice. uh, But I think we're all addicted to music in some way. To music. Very addicted to music. Yeah. Yeah. Music is, um, I feel like my brain just works better with music. And it's true. Yeah. Psychologically, some people work better with music. My mom never understood how I could study with Rakim aloud. Yeah. But, you know, that's my thing. Yeah. And, and I've now noticed that my addiction has shifted. I need no word music when I'm concentrating. And if I'm studying, I actually need some hardcore music. Right. You know? So music is a... Okay, I'm going to call it an addiction because... I'm actually thinking about what I'm going to listen to post-surgery. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. And I think of music in the same way that I think of food. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what, what am, am I, I going to listen to? What am I going to listen to on the way over to my hair appointment? Mm-hmm. What am I going to listen to when I get to the gym? Right. How, how, what is going to be paired with my workout mm-hmm. and so forth? You know, these yeah. are the things that tend to occur with me when it comes to music. And it's also like specific songs, you know, there's, (laughs) there's when a song really hits me, Mm. I have, I will literally put it on repeat over and over over again. What's the Um, song? The, the recent one that, that I've been doing, like I must've listened to the song about five times yesterday uh, by an artist, a young girl named Brandy Hayes, Mm -hmm. uh, a song called unfortunate. 
that song, it, you know, when you're watching YouTube and you're not paying attention to the browser and it just automatically mm. replay, like starts with another um, video or something. And this was actually an ad for her music. Normally, I hate those ads. I cannot stand I YouTube ads. I think it is the work it's of a violation. the violation. Oh it is so terrible. It is mm -hmm. absolutely terrible. Um, but this was like one of the rare moments where I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. who is this? This <laughs> yeah. isn't, this is, this is my stuff. This is, this is my jam here. Right. And I, I had to like note her name, note the song, noted the EP she released, notice a bunch of different things. Nice. Uh, and I was thinking about other songs that made me feel that way. Um, one of which was foreplay from the dream. When that song came out, it was on repeat. I had to listen to that song multiple times a day. And it was terrible because I don't think that I was having much sex <laughs> when that was coming out. And I kept thinking, this is a good jam, maybe for some solo you time also and solo activity. You also had a thing for two chains. I'm different. Yeah, you used to bring that up to me all the time. I, I like two chains. I had I had like ebbs and flows with two chains. Sometimes two chains was okay. Other times I was like, nah, I'm over it. Then he'd come back. Um, and there was also when D'Angelo's Voodoo album came mm -hmm. out. I I listened to that album every single that was your jam. day mm -hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Like. I don't know if that and the first album, the 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 uh, the debut album, and I just I think those CDs Brown are sugar? like completely worn out. Brown sugar, Brown yeah, Brown I sugar. Think those CDs are worn out because I've just played CDs, them way too guys. much. What about that, oh, Mar? When yo, I think of I still you, have tapes. Oh, girl, me too, and vinyl <laughs> tapes with our show. Oh yeah, me yeah, too, yeah. me too, Mar. Oh. When I think of you, and I think of addictions, I think of books. Is it fair to say yeah. that you are addicted to reading or addicted to books in some way? Because when I think of you, I think of literary everything. I'm not addicted to reading. I'm addicted to the ownership of books. There you go. And if you go into my bedroom mm -hmm. and you look at my uh, dresser that's right next to the bed, which also doubles as a nightstand, I have like about maybe 20 books all stacked Stacked. up next to each other. I'm not really reading many of them. <laughs> the the stack but you need to closest, know they're there. Yeah. I need to know they're there. It's a source of comfort. Even behind me, you can see. I know the view. I know the listeners can't see this, but it's like bookcases, all mm -hmm. books, all books mm -hmm. here. See, I know but it. the stack that's closest to my bed, it's everything that I'm reading recently. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. And I I feel like it just. I, I really try to go to bed early and not to sleep, but just to read, you know, mm, because yeah. when I find something that really like captures me, I I can't, I don't want it to stop, you know, and it's not just books, but it's just, it's a lot of different things. If something feels, makes me feel so good, I don't want it to stop. Mm -hmm. And this is how I have gotten into trouble in the past with men. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, I told you. I'm I'm being very serious no. here. Like, there's been relationships and like 
just involvement with guys that I should have stayed away from. Mm-hmm. And I but could they made not you do feel it. Dead. Oh man, did they make me feel good. So they served their purpose mm-hmm. in certain areas. And they yeah. were, there were some guys who were just straight up jerks and I'm happy you're gone. Like goodbye. But then there are others who are just like, Oh my God, I'll never say no. Never. <laughs> oh my God. Never. Guys, can I tell you of an addiction that I, um, that was brought on by the pandemic for me, makeup. Now, let me just tell you, I don't fucking wear makeup. Like, what am I doing buying all this goddamn makeup? I have an, a, um, a subscription to BoxyCharm. I freaking buy shit for, that shows up on my Instagram all the time. You wouldn't believe how quick I am to press the fucking add to cart button when it comes to makeup. And I don't know Girl. why. Why? You do. It's the Zoom meeting. Oh, fucking Zoom yeah. meeting. But I don't wear it, Mar. It's the Zoom the meetings. meetings. Guys, you know what? I'm yeah. going to take a picture of my drawer. I, I just recently bought like a new whatever just to put me. I'm going to take a picture of all the palettes that I own. And I just want, uh-uh. no, I just want you to know that I might use a palette once every two, maybe three weeks. <laughs> and like, when I say use a palette, you don't even see how I, yeah. I, I touch it and put it on my eye. Like as if a palette is like eyeshadow. And it's like, my friend who's a makeup artist is just like, what the fuck are you, you're wearing makeup right now? What, what does this mean? This is this, this does not mean wearing makeup. And like, it's ridiculous. And the amount of money I've spent on it. But again, this is that whole seeking comfort in yeah. mm-hmm. online it's shopping. It's like me with books. Exactly. It's not the consumption of it. It's the ownership, ownership. of it. Fuck, man. You want to own it. that stuff. But for what? Oh, Gotta cut the shit out. I, I'm trying to think. I, I pandemic addiction was video games for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am addicted to routine. I like to know where things are in their place. I think because the pandemic was so wild and uncontrollable, I actually created a routine. Like mm-hmm. I get up, I work out, I eat Witabix, and I have the thing. I don't want to eat Witabix when people are talking to me. So when people want to call me during <laughs> when I'm eating Witabix, I'm actually really angry about oh, it. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. Except with you, with you two, because I've eaten Witabix on the air. We've seen it. And yeah, and I enjoy it. Like I say, I, I savor it. Savor it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's like time. my treat. Right. It's my treat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's not a negative thing. It's it because I'm so happy with it because it's positive and healthy. Yeah. And like and it tastes good. Oh my God. That's right. like I'm just like Everything. I'm in it. Mm. So strangest addiction I've gotten in the pandemic is the reality TV shows. Like mm. it's ridiculous. That's all I watch them all the time. I wasn't really into that shit. Yeah. I was like, ah, you know, but now I'm like looking for the housewives and the housewives oh. and the housewives and now i've watched a new one the housewives of durban in south africa johannesburg uh Portia got her own show in atlanta like this is it's a bit ridiculous on my part you know what i get really caught up true crime that's my new addiction i don't say new it's mm. been a couple of years yo the tv is on id channel all the time and then when i'm in my car i put it on sirius fm on the hln channel and the kids okay, are like you can't much. be serious right now and i'm just kind of like i gotta I gotta i need to know like and it's just i'm so but you guys know that i've always been fascinated by like yeah. serial kills. Like, i've always had some kind of minor obsession yep. which is really weird but I was, we should watch mind hunters 
I probably will. But I absolutely love this shit. And this is definitely not pandemic induced. This is way before the pandemic, but it's a uh, it's definitely it's an addiction. Worse. Oh, it's out it's out of control. Mm. Out of control. I can't uh, so, think of what the pandemic made me start doing. Baking. Um, other than food. Other than food. <laughs> Really, it all goes back to food. That's yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it amplified my use of Instagram. Oh, girl, social yeah. media. It, Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. That's a real it amplified addiction. my use. Yeah, it amplified my use of of, of Instagram at the beginning of the year. This year, um, I had some goals, and two of which were: I'm going to finally finish this novel that I've been working on. And the other thing was to reduce my consumption of social media so that I can help finish the novel that I am supposed <laughs> to be working on. That didn't go, go so well. Oh, man. 30 days in, I was just like, mm. So, you know, Instagram is coming with a take a break feature. I don't know if you're aware, but you know, there's been a lot of, they, they're under a lot of scrutiny, especially when it comes to kids and mental health. Yeah. Um, and so now they're going to implement a setting that you can set up for like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of you being on the platform. And it's something's going to pop up and be like, take a break. And you can, it's kind of a reminder for you to back up off of it, get away from the screen, wow. get away from social media. Honestly, but I think we need, I need it. that now. We I need think, it. I need I it. I, need I absolutely now. think yeah. I need but it. But do you too. know why it started? Because in the pandemic, all of us were having parties. Oh, I forget the DJ's name who started this. Be um, nice. Be, be nice. nice. And Homeboy had me. Like, I was looking forward to those parties. Yes, yeah. me too. I still like, look. I still yeah, join in on then, the live videos. Yeah. Whenever I get those notifications, Especially I after am there. Versus. I'm, in, I'm on oh, yeah, and versus. the Versus. Yeah, the Versus. I was like, yeah. Those but, live I mean, DJ sets are great. Oh, my God. And Jazzy Jeff's, like, mid-afternoon. Uh, like, he had one in and, the afternoons. And Ninth Wonder as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the end of our addiction, and we are addicted to each other, which is actually, I actually prefer I, to be addicted I am so addicted to you guys. So when we come back, um, I presume we'll be in 2022. Mm -hmm. We will. This is, this is our last show of 2021, uh, and we hope you all will enjoy your Christmas break, your Hanukkah break, your yes. Kwanzaa break, whatever holidays you are celebrating. Rest break. We hope you will enjoy it. Your new yeah, year. Just enjoy, enjoy the time. And we wish you all the best. We want to thank you for joining Messy Truths podcast and actually listening to us and the yes. fact that we actually <laughs> launched this podcast this year with an uncertainty about where the hell we were going with it. And now we can't But stop. Uh, yeah, now we can't. Mm -hmm. And we won't. We yeah. won't. We won't. So see you in 2022. 2022. Can I just say, I, I saw real quick a meme about 2022 because it actually sounds like 2020. Two like T O O, it's all bad guys. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I don't have good. I don't have a good feeling about this. My boss sent me one where the person is on the scale and they weigh twenty twenty two. Oh, come uh, on. It's a smart scale. It's Probably. a smart scale. Fuck that smart scale. <laughs> fuck that scale. Okay. Until that scale says that I'm forty three. Fuck that scale. Uh -oh. But nah, I'm glad Oz, I'm glad that we gave into our addiction and did this show. Me too. Yep. And uh I'm not sure if we want we're gonna talk about our goals in the new year. I have my whole take on New Year's, but everybody be safe, be responsible, mask up. Omicron mm -hmm. is a 
bitch oh, out man, of here. We're searching out Do here. Do not. Yeah. yeah. Don't let Omicron make some friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't let that bitch mutate, please. Wrap that shit up Quebec and get your is, booster. Yeah, Quebec is on 3,700 cases. Yeah, it's just crazy. Call your loved ones. Mm, we don't know yes. what's going to happen next year. There's so much death that we've so experienced over the last couple of years mm -hmm. that you need you need to check in with that person. If you got beef, it Squash might be time it. to let it go. Let yeah, it go. Yeah. yeah. But well, we love y'all. We appreciate you. I love you too. Love and you I love guys. you viewers, but I love them more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we love you too, Dr. Nisha. Love and you. And Mr. Z. <laughs> oh, God. Take care, guys. Peace. Peace. Hang all the mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better. This Christmas and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. This Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. We're caroling through the night, and this Christmas.